I'm going to tear up the fucking dance floor. This is the Science Fiction Rating System. My name is Sam Draper, and I am joined, as ever, by Chris Redding. Hello. And Alex Humphrey. Hey! A lot of energy you've got. A lot of energy, yeah. Yeah, a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are on the wine. I am on the wine. With the podcast that aims to rank every science fiction film from one to infinity, I've got lots of energy because I chose the film this week. And uh, that was Ex Machina, because we're doing a series of three films that are big, big sci-fi films. Hopefully I've not done your picks yet. You might pick something really obscure, in which case you missed the point of it. <laughs> but, um, but I picked Ex Machina, which is a, uh, a well-renowned and a critically lauded film in the category of hard science fiction. It, not, a, not a porn thing, but... Um, it, it won a freaking Oscar, didn't it? Yep. Did it? I didn't know that. What did you mean Oscar Yeah, best, uh, best Special Effects. Mm. And it was controversial because it was the year that... Um, VFX. Yeah, VFX. Too. It was when Force Awakens was out, uh, which was heavily favoured to win. Well, uh, they got the right choice there. Yeah. Um, IMO. Uh, anyway, uh, so... I, <laughs> what was I saying? Yes, uh, I put this film and I hadn't seen it. And, and neither of either of you had you seen it. No. Isn't no. it a bit weird? There's like a proper like hard sci-fi film like this out and none of us have seen it. Isn't that odd? You think yeah, and also everyone there. always talks about it as well, and I'm like, yeah, 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 it's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, Chris, that impression has literally summed up why I've not seen this film. People talk about it, and they sound like that, and I did yeah, not yeah. want to see that a film that made made people sound like that. So yeah, well, that is it. That is nail, nail, nail on the hip. No, well, whatever it is. The, I've also been watching Debs recently. Have you guys? That's I, I watched two and gave up. Is oh, it good? Is it good, Chris? I like it. I like it. I've got it. I haven't watched it yet. Art housey. Oh, okay. Rubbish. <laughs> Give it a go. Um, yes, yeah, so yes. This Alex Garland who did Devs. Um, he also Alex Garland's Garland's a weird one because he has some really good ideas and I think fails in execution. Like Annihilation. I'm not no judgment on this film, but Annihilation. I, I like some stuff he does there. I like mm. I like the fact he has Jeff Barrow on his soundtrack all the time because he's yeah. fucking brilliant. Mm. The soundtrack this film is incredible. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, he wrote Dread, didn't he? Which yeah, exactly. Good. That's where he got it right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that voice he did, uh, a bit of background to this film and why you might get people that sort of voice. This, the idea from this film, um, Alex Garland said he came from came to him as a child and he was doing some coding and he considered that the coding might like do something that he couldn't cope with. Don't really believe that. He'd have been a child in like the early what? 80s. Coding basic. No one coding basic thought, oh no, this is going to take over the world. Has he got Maybe himself confused yeah, with war games? Does he think he's... Like... The, the more realistic influence is that he uh, read a book by a guy called Murray Shanahan, um, <laughs> who is... I've got his title here. He's a professor of cognitive robotics in the Department of Computing at Imperial College in London. Okay. And uh, he's a guy who is very much into the singularity, which, if you don't know, is the idea of when... AI overtakes humans and we can't stop it basically there's no way back which we discussed yeah. on the Matrix episode didn't we at length yeah 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 and yeah. on uh, and on the uh, episode of uh, Her probably yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah so that guy he writes a lot about this um, he wrote a book called The Technological Singularity which I am about to start reading and looking forward to um, but I think the basis for this film was this the rather casually titled uh, search inference and dependencies in artificial intelligence. Oh. 
Uh, which, yeah, so that's why you're getting those sorts of voices involved. You can tell it's an yeah. arty film about arty things. Yeah. Um, mm. It doesn't mean it has to be bad, though. No, no, no. Mm. no Luddites. No. Um, so let's get into it. <laughs> uh, it's it's a small film, isn't it? Um, basically, yeah. three three main characters. Donald Gleeson. Yep. Yep. Uh, who we start Donald the film Gleeson. with. Donald You love him. Mm. Love him. Love him. Yeah, I like him. Where else is he in? Uh, Star Wars. Peter Rabbit. That's why I know his face. He's in Star Wars. Yeah, he's the black Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. He looks he's a lot he's more great, though. He plays a really, like, uh, caricature sort of character in that in Star Wars, though, doesn't he? He's, like, yeah. massively... He also looks top. loads older. Yeah. They've been the same yeah. year, wouldn't it? He's in yeah. Dread. He's the yeah. kind of really weird, mucked-up... Um, the assistant to the oh yes yeah mama to, uh, or whatever she's ma- called yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. of course mama yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah no he is good he is good um, and especially in this yeah the film opens on him he works for Blue Book who are the sort of Google equivalent of this world and I, I really like this opening how fast it just just dealt yeah. with it you know like no fucking yeah. around he's yeah. in an office he's got an email he's won the lottery he's off bang yep. done yep. that's all you need good opening exactly it was a very good opening um <laughs> It was quite good. It's so, uh, it, it's a it's very tight. I love a tight opening. Definitely, yeah. And I think like <laughs> this film is kind of weird. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh dear, Chris. Dear, dear, dear. You can tell he's got. A drink that wasn't in per- That wasn't on purpose. See, I, I got my intelligent brain on, so I completely <laughs> wasn't it. Passed it by, and I was like, oh okay. fuck. This is why Carry we on. never watch Carry this on. film. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Carry times. Anyway, uh, right, yeah, he's a tie opening, and I think no one noticed. No one noticed. <laughs> no, play it out. We'll, we'll be fine. I think this film has a real weird pacing issue, and I think there are other tight bits throughout, and other bits that long, elongate too far. But we'll get to that as we move on. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it never gets as tight as that first tie opening. Definitely, that's the tightest yeah. of all openings. Um, and we get some lovely shots of uh, him flying a helicopter. So it's all all these shots are in Norway, and I mean they're beautiful, aren't they? All the outdoor shots, I think, yeah. are incredible. Yeah, no, it makes you want to go there. Wherever it, it's yeah, that Norway, the Juvet Landscape Hotel. That's that's what it. it. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks pretty cool. It, it reminded me a lot of your film, actually, Chris. The outdoor shots of the forest mm. and stuff. He did that thing of like leaving the camera on moving leaves, which is nice, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. If have either you got a 4K telly and have no. like fallen no. down? The, oh, okay, right. Because the first thing <laughs> I, when I got mine is like on YouTube. No. There's loads of 4K like landscape videos of just this for hours, like this sort of stuff for hours. <laughs> They're really nice, really relaxing. Um, it's what you need these days. Pretend you're going it's out. True. Yes. <laughs> so I was on board from the start. Is the hotel? You know the building that he's in. Is that the hotel? I guess. Can't yeah, be. yeah. That's what I. That's what I read. Whoa. The location of the house in the movie is the Yervet Landscape Hotel in... Oh, my God. Lucy said it was a real hotel, and I was like, nah, bullshit, this is too nice to yeah. be a hotel. You can go there. Holy You've been going holy. to the wrong hotels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this house in question is owned by Nathan, who is the CEO and sort of founder and creative um, blue book, played by Oscar Isaac, um, who... It's implied he's been also doing in Star it. Wars. He is in yeah. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also a really good actor. Do you like Oscar Isaac? 
Yes, I really yeah, like him. He's terrible in Star Wars. He is. Yeah. That's not his fault. His character's it? terrible in Star Wars. He's that's just dialing fault. it in. Like I think yeah. both. I think what this proves is that both these people are great actors, but in Star Wars, both of them are just like whatever. I just read this then, shall I? Like they're not. There's no actual challenge to them in acting because they're both really good actors. I mean, and they the problem with to. Star Wars is that his motivation is J.J. Abrams has like done the two finger thing at him and gone, "You're Han Solo," and that's basically yeah. it, isn't it? That's all yeah. we've got as a sort of a character point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, in this, he's got like a nice big thick beard and a shaved head. But didn't you think it was weird? He got like a weird like shark fin in the middle of his top of his head. Did you yeah. notice that? I kept yeah. thinking he looked a bit like, especially in the dance bit, I kept thinking he looked a bit like Zod. Or is it, yeah. you know, oh, just, yeah, in yeah. Superman, isn't if it's either Zod or one of the, the other guy, doesn't he look a bit like that with that kind yeah. of like black open like neck? It's Zod, isn't it? Pants he, remi- he reminded me of Zangi for Street Fighter Street 2. <laughs> like if he'd done good, yeah. you know, that'd be. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah, he lives in this house, which is incredible. And I think the, the look of this film is, I, I think, coherent and nice, isn't it? What do you think of the look yeah. of it? Like, as the the location stuff, it's a. Uh, it, you buy it? it? Yeah, it, it looks good. I think it, it it has an issue in that it gets a little theatrical at points. Mm. This film, it feels a little bit like a play because it's a bit too closed in sometimes. And I get, yeah, the, yeah, I get what yeah. they're doing with that. But I think sometimes uh, there were points where I just felt like, well, why is this even a film? Because it's not its not a filmic story. This is a character-driven thing. So, Yeah, I agree with that. And I think for the, for the first half of the film, it, it is like a play, and it's, there's no problem with that. I'm happy watching a play yeah. with incredible scenery and high yeah. Yeah. budget values. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the dialogue carries it for the first half of the film. Once... Yeah. So yes. like Nathan's talking to uh, Caleb about like he's basically there to perform the Turing test on a robot, yeah. which is yeah. the idea that if a robot can talk to a human and you don't think it's a, hu- a robot, it's past the Turing test. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the reason he's there. And you get a lot of these nice conversations between them, which I think were quite yeah, quite getting, dealing with some quite big ideas in quite a nice way, weren't they? Not dumbing it down, yeah. but also not going to yeah. like reams of bullshit you know it was it's i think they balance out with the characters because yeah like like caleb's kind of this like nerdy very like intelligent he's all about like quoting the books and all that but mm. then the other character nathan i mean he just he just swears and he's a he makes these weird references doesn't he and like it's yeah. kind of how he comes at it is is interesting if it was just two people having nerdy conversations it might not work but because they're both good actors with quite different opposing characters. I think it carries it, like you say, it carries it on a bit more. Mm. They're quite believable people. Like you can yeah. imagine that somewhere yeah. there's these sort of people going on. I yeah. think uh, Nathan is based on Jack Dorsey, the Twitter bloke. If you read about him, right. he's got that sort of thing, like a sort of bro sort of thing. Yeah. Going, I think um, he said he said uh, he, uh, Oscar Isaac said he based it on Bobby Fischer and Stanley Kubrick. Mm. Right. Don't know. I'm not buying that. No. <laughs> Bobby Fish Stanley. Uh, what Nathan? Mm. Yeah, that's weird. what he said. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think his at the very start, his like shtick is in like danger of running out of control. All these dudes, stuff like that. But they rein in quite quickly, don't they? And they're also like yeah. playing this idea that basically he's been there long by himself for so long. He's a functioning alcoholic, isn't he? Basically, yes, yeah. Um, and I think that's handled yeah. really well as well. In that, that you sort of you they keep you keep encountering him drunk, 
Yeah. Uh, but not in that like over the top sort of stupid way. He's just he just looks no. like a guy who's had too much, doesn't he? And, <laughs> and yeah. he's very random as well. Like he he yeah. does quite random things, gets more random, but that kind of keeps you on edge as well because you you obviously I think from it's quite not a place I'd want to be. No, yes. no, 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 no. I mean, that's yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, do you buy that he would stay? Yes, because he's been selected. Yeah, and, and also because it's his, it's his passion, isn't it? And he's he works for the company, and it's his boss. Basically, it's like his boss's boss. But it his is boss's super, boss. super creepy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's been dropped off on a helicopter like two miles away. Yeah, you know, there's no one else there other than this. Like, he sees the Japanese woman. Uh, yeah. Forgotten her name? Ki- oh, Ki- it's K something. I can't it is that. Kyoko, yeah. who is. I mean, and his excuse for the reason she can't understand anything is that he says, "Oh, she doesn't understand English," which mm. that's yeah. that's the first sort of crack in this film for me. I was like, "Well, hang on, this is a bit, you know, yeah, it's super weird." Yeah. She's, basically, you just know straight away she's a robot. It's obvious, isn't it, from the word go? <laughs> because yeah, yeah, yeah. why would you have someone who couldn't speak English? It doesn't make any sense. He, he's that paranoid about the security and the kind of leaking of the information. It doesn't well, make sense. It's not enough yeah. of a reason, I don't think. No, no. I get why you need to do it, but I just don't. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a shame for me because up to that point I was kind of like this is so coherent and nice and I can't see the plot playing out yeah. you know what I mean but as yeah, soon as yeah. that happens then you start thinking alright she's a robot so this and this and this and you start trying to it, it, it would have been funny if he'd had like a really shitty a shitty robot like a really yeah. bad girl robot yeah. that looked really like yeah. like really really badly done like but, Mark 1 yeah exactly like, like it would have been funny if that was like his maid and then he had sex with it and stuff like that would have been really funny like I, I like, thought Bicentennial Man at the beginning <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah like I, that I, basically I thought a way you could do it is he'd have a robot companion um, who would say that she's really into the outdoor stuff and not into this stuff and so she'd only be there for like a few minutes and then go yeah. oh I've got to go off and go into the hills or whatever and the reason was uh, because he could only get it to function for a little bit and then she'd break but oh, if you yeah, if you yeah. base the character on the idea that she's never there because yeah, she's yeah. like doesn't not really into this and she just does this, you could buy that. I think that'd be a better way of doing it mm. in a way of like you might be more yeah. with it. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is that what you're going to do when you invent a robot and that that'd be your cover story? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think it would work. <laughs> yeah. um, but as is, he's got Kyoko and she's just sort of doing food and eventually sleeping with him. But at this point, just doing food. Uh, Donald Gleason's got a got a, <laughs> a creepy creepy room which I thought looked a lot like a travel lodge. Wasn't. Like, it does. <laughs> it does look like a travel lodge. They did the exteriors yeah. in this really good hotel, and they did the yeah. exteriors in a really shit one. <laughs> when he walks really in, he's like, "What do you think of this room?" I'll be like, "Mate, you fucked up. This is just travel yeah. lodge. Like the outside does not match the inside. No. no, it's just missing one of those really boring bits of generic art on the wall. You know, yeah. like they've like, yeah. they're so like really bad. Like um, there's like a photo of a city or something with a heart on it. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Oh god, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it does totally look like a travel lodge. And it's but just the, got that computer in it which shows him all the cameras. Yeah, which again is like a red flag, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit, straight away, yeah, a little bit. I don't think why he makes enough out of saying to him, why have I got access to the camera system and nothing else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bit weird. Yeah. Oh, the other thing about access is that, like, I didn't like this side, but when he first gets there, like, the front door scans his face and gives him, like, a metal key card yeah. that gives him access yeah. to certain doors, and then there's a card that Oscar Isaac's got his face on it's different doors yeah. again a very old fashioned way of doing security yeah that doesn't make yeah. sense and also that was a bit overstated for a film that's quite subtle that was a little yeah. bit like 
you can get into these doors. Yeah. My, you cannot get into the other. Like, it was a bit overly, like you say, it's a bit of a kind of like, oh, let's signpost this because it's going to be important later. It's a bit much. And again, would it be as much of a problem if you weren't setting up Caleb to be so super smart and yeah. you think he'd go, well, hang on, why aren't you using iris scanning or anything, fingerprint, something more secure than this <laughs> little thing you give me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That seemed a problem to me. But anyway, let's get to the meat of the film. So he he does a lot of, like, fucking around at the start, and then, like, he's got a week, basically, with this robot, um, Ava, who um, is, like, the first version that Nathan says he can pass for a human. He's got to sit in a glass room, uh, Caleb has, and talk to Ava and try and assess whether she's a robot. If you were to do this, right? Yeah. What would your line of question be to a robot? What would you ask a robot? Well, presumably, this mm. whole test has already been prescribed somewhere we, it, by university types. Yeah. That's true, actually. So that is what true. I think is irrelevant. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> You've got nothing like to ask a robot. Well... Other, other, other than the defined questions. That's what you're going to Yes. Do. Well, if the aim of the game is to figure out... I mean, Alex, I you got anything? And also, the Turing test is a blind a blind test as well, right? Yeah, I didn't get that. Like the idea that, like, yeah, he already knows it's a robot. So yeah, they say he even says that, doesn't he? He says, "Well, like, but like, I'm sitting here. You're supposed to not. I'm not supposed to see them." <clears throat> and also, the Turing test is supposed to be there's about like five or ten participants, and one of them is a robot. So you're yeah. asking like nine people the same question who are all coming back to you, and they're humans. Yeah. So, it has to be a double blind test. Like, yeah, I, I think he goes down the right line with the kind of stuff about art and expression and kind of um, thought yeah. and creativity, which you feel would not be something that a robot would be able to answer. But then, quite quickly, the whole film starts going down the whole road of. But if you've just told her to say all this stuff, then like yeah. all that idea, and then you were just like, oh, but yeah, you're right. If you've just told her to. I mean, Star Trek's covered all this pretty well in in the past. I I mean, the wrinkle in it is the fact that it is this weird, isolated environment, isn't it? And you don't know the motives of of, uh, Oscar Isaac. And this twist that the the power goes off occasionally. Yeah. And uh, Nathan doesn't know why. And it's that Ava is knocking down the power to talk to Caleb um, when Nathan can't see to basically say, you can't trust him and you've got to help me. Um, which initially I think is quite a good idea. I like it initially. Yeah. If, mm. if again, you get over the fact that Caleb is very gullible and going along with it. Yeah. And they kind of get onto that when they say that, like, he basically built her face on the guy's porn profile. <laughs> I thought it was quite a funny line. <laughs> yeah. So he, she's been engineered for him to trust her, basically, isn't she? Yeah. The test is on him, not on her. This, again, the spoilers at the end. Yeah. But I think it's relevant all throughout because I think... It, to get to that point is why for me it started breaking down a bit because you've got to start doing certain things in a relationship that make me think you wouldn't yeah. act like this in this situation. Also, like, if you were Nathan, mm. why would you put up with power cuts in your house like that? Like, you just wouldn't put up with it. Or you'd have worked out why it was happening. You're not yeah. going to get any work done if the power keeps going out like that. Because what's his excuse? Is it like he can't get... He, he can't, can't get he can't him to come back, back in, can he? to sort it out. Because they see it, stuff. Yeah, yeah. and that... It's not really... I think the power cut should have happened once or twice and then stopped, and they didn't use that device again maybe until the end. Mm. So I, I yes. agree, it gets a bit too... 
I think the problem with this film is it's a classic type of film where maybe, say, 15, 20 minutes into it, you're starting to try and... You're just sitting there watching it going, right, what's the twist going to be? Or what's the... What am I missing? Like, what am I looking for? And I think with this type of film, you can spend too much time looking for the thing you're looking for and not enjoying the film. And that can almost ruin it a bit. Maybe if we all watch this again, we might enjoy it more because we know what's coming, but... I think with the subject matter as well, people are coming at it from very like different uh, levels of experience to do with the hmm. Turing test and robots. And yeah, I mean, hmm. even I'm not saying I'm an expert in robotics. I'm not, but I've seen a lot of Star Trek. Hmm. <laughs> so you sort of uh, are where this is covered extensively. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think um, um, as well as the robotic thing, the idea of the mystery like it's it's like um it's why Agatha Christie things have bigger casts. Yeah. Because like Poirot goes to a country manor where there's ten people because then if you are gonna try and work it out, you aren't gonna get it. Or if you are no. you know, there's a lot more to go on. When there's only three people involved, it's a much slighter yeah. mystery. Uh, would it have been better if there'd been like four different Avers or three different Avers, as it were? And one, or, or and, like oh he's got a staff or something like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, might have worked yeah. better or differently. I think it's. I don't think it's a problem. I, I think there's still a lot, a lot to like in the film, and I think that the the problem with it is though that the more it goes on, the less that the more that sort of falls apart. It is so way yeah. thin, and and really, what's dragging it through for me was the the aesthetics of it and the, the yeah. sound of it. I mean, I'll mention the soundtrack again. Do you like the soundtrack for this? Especially yes. the end when yeah. she goes out, the, goes into the lift, and it's just white yeah. noise. Yeah, like, no, it was really nicely done. Like, it's all. It was a good blend of stuff, wasn't it? Even when they good used soundtrack. the only the only muck up was playing mm. Enola Gay. That really annoyed me. It was strange, that was, wasn't it? It was yeah. a bit too on the nose. It was a bit yeah. too, especially when they keep going on about um, oh, you like the Heimer and yeah, like yeah. Don't, like okay, God, we know. Like it, it was a bit <laughs> too much. Like yeah, that was the only bit I didn't like. But yeah, the rest of it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original cool. stuff's great. Yeah. Yes, um, uh, I love the I love the music selection. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's say Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury who did Annihilation as well, and he's out of port. His head, Jeff Barrow is, and, and Annihilation's got the same thing as well. Of like they do they do a really good job of making like just terrifying ambient music that knows when to like pair it back in a way. And I think I think it's such a brave. The end of this film has got a big problem, and it should end when she gets in the lift because that that build to white noise is so powerful I think it's such a brilliant yeah. way to end a film um, yeah. yeah and then he just ruins it but anyway uh, so back to where we were these tests are going on it's all kind of falling down we get the idea um, Oscar Isaacs is proving he's more and more sort of unstable as you mentioned at the top there's a fantastic scene where um, <laughs> uh, Caleb goes to like look around um, Nathan's room and he meets Kyoko there and she just starts undressing in front of him and he's like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, and Oscar Isaac comes in, he's like, I don't worry about that, let's dance. And he turns yeah, the lights so off. Good. And, yeah, what a great scene. <laughs> that was the be- I think that's the best bit of the film, because mm. it, 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 it builds so well, and, and yeah. he's, Donald Gleeson's doing the kind of classic, like, no, we've got to get out of here, like, come on. Mm. And yeah. then she acts really <laughs> odd at him, and you're like, oh, wow, that's odd. And then he's he's at the back of the room, and you're like, oh no, he's gonna like hit him, or he's gonna like he's yeah. gonna like be violent or something. And then he's just like, oh, he wasted your time talking with her. You should be dancing with her. <laughs> and then they do like a choreographed routine, 
And yeah. also, I did think, is it significant that that song is sampled in a Daft Punk song and they dress as robots? Mm. I was like, oh, Maybe. whoa, is it like, you know, Ooh. whoa, man. Ooh, like man. <laughs> it's also got the um, lighting of like the end of 2001, hasn't it? All the red. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Which is nice. He ma- I couldn't decide whether I liked, because like the bit when he talks about Star Trek... And then he says about Ghostbusters and like, oh, it's a film where um, Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob off a ghost. Like, I didn't know if I liked those kind of references or I didn't like. And then I start, to be honest, the Ghostbusters bit, I started thinking, oh, shit, is Caleb a robot? Because he doesn't know what Ghostbusters is. Like, is he he the robot? I think you mentioned that, aren't you? Yeah, because he doesn't You know, he takes his shirt off earlier on and he's got a big scar on his back. Mm. And that's Mm. when I thought he's a robot. Yeah, and that's why you yeah. get that brilliant scene where when Caleb starts cracking up and he like slits his wrist oh, yeah, and paints it on the yeah. screen. I thought that was really yeah. good that was. Because yeah, um, yeah. he's not sure himself he's a robot at that point. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Um, yeah. They, they do a good job of selling it. They sort of descent into madness, I yeah. think. And like and as you say, yeah. like you buy that dance, don't you? Because they've gone so far yeah. already. Yeah. You're like, of course they're just dancing, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> why wouldn't they do a silly dance, a coordinated, completely choreographed dance? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we're kind of getting to the third act now, which is the kind of the the, the, the turning point in the film is that uh, Caleb and Nathan get really drunk again, as they keep doing. Uh, Nathan passes out, and Caleb takes his keycard and goes to Nathan's room. He's not into where he's got his big computer bank and all his post-it notes. Oh, she's seen his post-it notes. I'd like to know more on this post-it notes yeah. on the wall. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Um, and he look, goes to the security footage of um, all the previous robots and stuff, and there's a really haunting scene of the... Mm. Is it, it's not Kyoko, it's another Japanese robot yeah. who... Basically, they've all, all the robots have tried to escape, haven't they? To the point yeah. that the one has like just gone against the, the door so much with her hands, yeah. she's like literally just worn her arms down. No, it's which horrible. Was... Like, that whole bit is... It's very well done, that. It's very horrible. Like, it is kind of... Yeah. It is very chilling. Like yeah. it, it is quite a horrific. Yeah, that that whole scene is quite really really. I mean, done. it's they've really thought about how to like shock in certain ways and what's yeah. been done and what hasn't been done. Yeah. It's yeah, it's cool. I also think it's a really good and again brave move to show all these robots that were had proper skin all over them. Yeah, and never acknowledge the fact that Ava doesn't. You know. Yeah. 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 Um. Which he's obviously doing his misdirection for the fact so he doesn't realise Kyoko's a robot and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think a, a lesser film would have spelled that out. You know, there'd be a scene yeah. where he'd go like, "Oh, hang on a minute." Yeah. Is yeah. she an older yeah. model or something? It was. Yeah. I like films that trust you to work these things out for yourself. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think of uh, Oscar Isaac's bedroom with his wardrobes with the robots in? Oh yeah. Mm. I thought it was quite a powerful scene when he opens the, the doors up. It's. A, it's good, and it, it I because it's all it's all it's all referencing like Bluebeard, isn't it? As well, do you know that yeah. like the fairy tale? Yeah. Um, but I did think, why would he keep them there? Like, is that where you would that keep the robots? Yeah, yeah. Like, I would probably have a robot room like that would be locked away. They want to sell. Oh, I don't know. Is, is that because I mean, because the the whole thing is that Nathan's the twist is that Nathan is is trying to get. Um, Ava to to get Nathan to let let her escape, isn't isn't he? To yeah. get Caleb to yeah. make sorry, yes, yeah, Na- yeah. yes. To Nathan wants 
he, he knows he's trying to escape, and so he's, the Turing test is that if he can get Ava to let Caleb get her out, yeah, mm. then she's it human. proves, yeah, because yes. yes. she has to. Does what she uses? She uses like creativity and her in, and yeah. imagination and ingenuity and all that to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, and which is what we're getting to, yeah. At the end, I thought. Um, I mean, the thing about the, the whole they have that big con- they have a big before this they have the big argument about the sex bit, don't they? Because Caleb is just like, well, have you just programmed her to like flirt with me and fancy me? Mm. And he's all like, like, because he, he, he says, "Why have you given her like? Why is she a heterosexual?" And yeah. and it is quite a good point because it doesn't really make sense, like why she mm. would be. And then he's all like, "Oh, what? Like you know, like oh yeah, like what's the point of of the world if you can't have sex?" And he kind of goes mm. down this, and it kind of is okay because that's kind of the character, but it does make you kind of question, "Yeah, why did he do that? That's a bit weird." Um, but but also like that's. I mean, it's fair enough because he, he's trying to engineer a thing to let someone out, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's engineering mm. for that reason. The bit when it falls down, the bit that kind of ruined the end of the film for me is that yeah. the next conversation, when Caleb, he's now decided he's going to go along with a plan, he's going to put the power down at 10 o'clock and he's going to get Ava out. Yeah. And the first part of that plan is he's going to go and get uh, Nathan drunk again so he can do it. Yeah. And he gets there and Nathan's like, I'm not drinking anymore, I've had too much for not drinking. And he says, mm. they have a conversation about Ava and Caleb's like, oh, you know, she likes me, she doesn't like me. And, and uh, Nathan says to him, well, there's a third option, isn't there? What if she's pretending to like you, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is what she's doing. Mm, yeah. The problem for me is that by telling him this at that point in the film, his actions for the rest of the film didn't make much sense to me because mm. you, her plan is so... Because, like, what they're doing, it so obviously fits that plan of her yeah. using him to get out. Mm. yeah. And I didn't buy mm. that idea that he was so engrossed that he would go along with it. You know what I mean? Like, he's mm. meant to be so clever and understand so much mm. about this. Yeah, like, that's what you're saying, yeah. It, it, it kind of broke it for me in that sense of, like, when he goes... Because he goes back to her again, and, she, and she's, you know, going to put the power and stuff, and he, he gets into... Caleb goes into Nathan's room, and then Nathan comes in, he's like, oh, no, I'm on to you, I know what's going on, I know, I know all along what you're trying to do, and stuff like yeah. this. But I think... At that point, Nathan should go. Oh shit! No, you're right. She's using me. Like we need to be careful because she has been using me. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Why is why does he let, let it go at that point? Yeah, you're right. It doesn't really make sense. And I think if Cause, you because move... what's his end game? Because what does he want her to escape then? Which one? Does Nathan want Ava to escape? No. Well, well Nathan doesn't know that. Um... Uh, Caleb a disabled system day before, did he? He thinks the system no. isn't actually disabled. But but yeah. but the success would be that she escapes, but he doesn't really want that, does he? No, he wants it he wants it to get to the point where he believes the power's going down and then it doesn't actually go down. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but because of that conversation, right, where he says, Oh, she's she's lying yeah. to you, yeah. I don't think you'd lose anything by having that conversation after later on, after it yeah. can't be retrieved. Yeah, and true. it would make true. Caleb's character make more sense because I was just like, well, no, this you like it's obvious now she's gonna fuck you over. It's yeah. it's obvious. True. Yeah. Mm. True. And that true. kind of broke the end of it for me. I thought. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like the end of the film at all because I just thought, but I care more about Caleb than I do about Ava. I didn't really care about her as a character. I didn't see her as i maybe i was supposed to connect with her more than i did but i didn't really so i just felt bad for him because he was do you think do you think that's the intent chris do you think that do you think you meant to like ava or not uh no it's difficult because it's 
I think you're supposed to be on the side of like you're supposed to be like freeing her and feeling for her. I don't know. I don't know. It's difficult. I think the strength uh, of it is that, that it is ambiguous and there aren't really bad guys, good guys in it. I think that's yeah. the strength of it. They're complicated characters. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't um, they don't redeem anyone, but also they don't make like Nathan's not completely likable. Like when he finds out no. that, that Caleb's got this other plan, he's like, "Don't yeah. worry about it, mate. You know, sit down, have a beer. He's fine about it." He, yeah. You know, um, and and like when he finds out she's got out, yeah, yeah. he goes and starts to hit her with a pipe. But he's legitimately scared because he knows that he knows what's going on, doesn't he? He knows yeah. he needs to yeah. stop her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you buy that. Um, but yeah, but yeah. I totally. You've already said it, but I totally agree with you. I just think the end should have been. She got in the lift. The lift yeah. went up, and he's yeah. in the yeah. he's banging on the glass, and then that's it. End. Yeah. I don't need any more than that because no. by going on a bit further, number one, it kind of tricked me to think, oh, maybe he will get out. Oh, he hasn't. That's depressing. And number yeah. two, like, oh, oh, so what? She's gone to a crossroads and watched some people. Like, yeah, like so what? I don't care. Like, like, you already know Caleb's stuck. So why show him yeah. around being stuck? Yeah, mm. it felt like it, he might get out, and that just felt a bit kind of weirdly cruel to kind of tease that he might be able to get out. Or and also, yeah. why does the helicopter person just take her? Yeah, I wondered that. I thought it's going to pan up, and he'd be like dead in the grass, like she'd flown off with it without him. That's what I thought. It was yeah, happen, but it doesn't make more it? sense because he just she decides how to fly. Yeah, well, it's like he's just like, oh, I'll pick up whoever's standing here. Wouldn't he be like, where's the guy I brought here a week ago and was told to pick up? <laughs> and who, who are you? I've never clearly. dropped you off here. Yeah, who are you? I've never seen you before. Yeah. Like, is it not a sex change clinic? Do you think that at one point that was the ending, though? Because you know the way when she gets in the lift, at the last second yeah. she turns her head, and yeah. that's the, that looked so much like a final scene of a film for yeah. me. And not a, I wonder whether they did, yeah. Like yeah, a studio bolt or something like that. What's the running time at that point? Is it is it like not an hour and a half and they were like, well, I think, oh shit, we need a few more, like we need 10 more minutes. I think it's an something. hour 50 overall, so that's probably about at the... Oh, that's... Yeah, what the hell? Why? That'd be about the hour 40 mark, wouldn't it? Why carry on then? It's, it is strange. It's such a... And it's such a dilution. And also, because as I mentioned before, that's the climax of the score as well. That's when the score yeah. gets to the crescendo of the white no- no- noise. And okay, you get a few mm. shots of a walk in slow motion around a forest or that kind of shit. But yeah, you, just, you just really don't need it. And it just it, it, it worked against this film so much for me. Yeah, I think also because for that last 10 minutes, I was sat there thinking about what the plot didn't make sense because I wasn't engaged <laughs> what was going on with the screen. But, you know. but also, because um, she's a robot, it doesn't... Once she's out of the house, she's going to survive because she's a robot. You don't yeah. need her to get in a helicopter because she could literally... Well, she might have to plug in. Well, okay, but she could but, walk but also, for days. But, but we already know the helicopter's coming back, don't we? We already know that from the story before. We don't need yeah. to be shown it. And we already yeah. know the implication of a robot being out. Like, And nothing yeah. gets... She, that bit at the end when she goes to the crossroads, we don't see her mm. doing anything meaningful or no. ad- advancing the story. Like In terms of her character progression, we're yeah. at exactly the same point at the end of the film yeah. as we were when she gets in the lift. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, it's it's a it's a misfire. They should end it, it really like you is. say. It, it it should have just stopped then, and then that would have been it would have been yeah. much more powerful as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't stop there. Yeah, you know, she goes out and she walks around, and then it ends, and that's the film. <laughs> yeah. um, it does give it kind of an art housey feel, though, doesn't it? By doing that sort of ending, like not. Mm. Like, it, it gets mm. that nice up down upside down shot of the pavement, doesn't it? With a shadow walking. Yeah. 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 No, no, it just. I mean, just me. in terms of form, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I just. I think it, it just think annoyed me. The end. That end annoyed me. I'd have to say. 
I think the braver I house is though just stopping in the lift. I think it is the yeah. braver. It's mm. like it's also at the end of Blade Runner, but when he goes back to the apartment and he he gets the thing and he's like, "Shit, I'm an Android," and he gets in the lift and the lift shuts and it's like, "That's how Blade Runner ends," and that's the because Blade Runner is the best film, and that's the that's the best end to a film because he just he just you don't need to know what happens. You don't don't like if you find out what happens afterwards, that's Blade Runner twenty four nine, which is okay. But like that ambiguity, it's a different film, but that works so well, especially when he gets the fucking origami and he's like. You don't even say anything. He just looks at it and it's like <gasps> lift shot. Yeah. Anyway, maybe that's why he did it actually because it is the exact same end as Blade Runner. Maybe that's why they yeah. put a bit on after it to make it not <laughs> be. Well, if you're gonna like have a nod, that's a fine film to nod at. And yeah. so what? Like what? It, it, no, no. I, 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 yeah, it, it, it shouldn't. It should end <laughs> when well, Blade you say Blade Runner. <laughs> 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 I mentioned it to my head's like thing about that now. <laughs> anyway, let's forget Blade Runner for now. Um, so overall, Chris. I bloody enjoyed it. I thought it was very psychologically uh, engaging. I I find it complicated, the whole door system thing, kind of. Yeah. You had to think about that, which I don't really like thinking about that sort of stuff at times. Um, In the way that you mean like... I'm I'm not sure if there's a plot hole there either as well, right? Hmm. Uh, With the whole door thing, uh, the... Doors will unlock with the power failure happens. Well, that's because he's programmed it the day before. Yeah, and that's how Ava gets out. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, so all in all, I thought it was very good, and I think it deserves to be uh, one of the top popular sci-fis out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Alex? No, I can see why people go on about it. I think it's interesting. I, I do think, yeah, I, I think it's a bit stagey at times, but I think they're good enough mm. characters. It's good enough... Um, looks great. Yeah, it did look good, and the out, like you say, the outside. I wasn't so keen on the kind of dream sequence bits, the kind of black and white bits. Oh yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. I thought they were a little bit naff. I think that that yeah. it, it kind of put a foot in. It didn't need attention. it at all. Didn't need no, it. it didn't need that. Um, I think it could. Yeah, I mean, I think it with a few edits, it could be a better film. But yeah, mm. overall, I enjoyed it, and I can see why people like it. And I think yeah, all performances, including. Um, is it Alicia Vikander? What's her name? Yeah, she, yeah her, I think yeah, she was really it. good. Everyone was really good. The special effects were really nice. They were kind of subtle rather than like big effects. So no, no, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Like I don't know if I'd bother. Apart from that dance bit, would I? Don't know if I'd go back to it. Like <laughs> whether I would or not, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. I can see why it's yeah, like like Chris said, I can see why it's it's in that list of big. Big sci-fi films everyone goes on about. Yeah, I mean it reviewed Bang incredibly on. well, didn't it? It's like ninety-four percent something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of yeah, sort of broad in line. I think more with Chris. Like it was very much up my street. Um, I like the look of it, I like the sound of it. I like the pace of it to a point. I just think mm-hmm. it really shot itself in the foot in the last half an hour. But yeah. like, it's, I think it's a film that I would put on, but just stop watching before the end because I didn't really. I don't need the end, like. No. I, but yeah. I enjoyed being in that world. It was nice. It was coherent. It reminded me a lot of um, the one with the Spike Jones one with uh, Scarlett Johansson as a rope. Uh, oh yeah, her. Her, yeah. Had a similar sort of um, like it was leaving enough space for me to think, but not in a way that I was bored. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was. I like the kind of film where you can just relax and think, oh, these are good ideas, and you're not missing much, but also you're not thinking, well, nothing's happening. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, and I was yeah. It's if it didn't look and sound so nice, it would be a lot worse film for me. But I think the aesthetic of it is what is dragging it a lot further yeah. than me. And on that note, I would put it personally at forty six, one below her. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. I was just looking at the list. I think that's a fair shout, to be honest. What do you think, Chris? I think that probably. Um, I don't know. I was going to put it a touch higher than that. I was going to put it in your third, in your yeah, upper thirties. Oh, like um, thirty-one or something. I don't think it's that good. I I I just think it's. I just think it's got more to say than like some of these films, like Mars Attacks and Capricorn One, and it's like Mm. it's more important in its like philosophy rather than. I don't think it has more to say than Internal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. I was going to say, that's a film a lot to say that's, that's a better film. Okay. Yeah. But I would say, yeah. I think Low 30s, though, I mean, that kind of Eternal Sunshine under the skin, it's that kind of film, isn't it, really? That yeah. sort of area yeah. that And then T2 in the middle of it. <laughs> Very different <laughs> film. <laughs> um, hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I'm a bit higher than that, maybe, but not much higher. Yeah, not higher than Eternal Sunshine, I don't think. I mean, but you've got like Westworld, Contact, yeah, 12 Monkeys in that. Round it's better than T2? T2 so dated, that's the problem with T2. Yeah. I think it is better than T2. So should we say One Below Eternal Sunshine? Yeah, okay. So yeah. 35. 35. Good. Yeah. It's a lot higher than I thought it'd be. I really thought I wasn't going to enjoy it because I didn't yeah. like Annihilation much. Because of um, the voice that Chris did perfectly. The men, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. That guy put us off. Yeah. But um, it was good despite that. Good, fantastic. Well, um, okay. Next week, who did last week, Chris? Next week, Alex, it's going to be your pick for I've Never Seen, dot, dot, okay. dot. So, Alex, tell us what, <laughs> what film you've never seen, dot, dot, dot. Well, I've got, t- got two, just in case. Right, okay. But the main, the one I was going to do would be Mad Max Fury Road. Because I've never seen that. We've already done that, haven't we? No, no, no we no, didn't no. do it. We nearly, sure? we nearly did it because it was, wasn't it? Never seen Fury. Road? I know exactly. Isn't it? Didn't it just qualify for being? I could have swore we uh, watched. It that. was. It was. I think it was. Wasn't it all of our second choices at the start? Yes. Of this year? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it just qualified for being on our list. So Ooh. that is a bit. Is a, I love Mad Max, um, and I don't know why I missed it. Um, yeah, and I mad. heard it was really good, and that yeah. won a ton of Oscars. So yeah, that was that was my pick. And my, do you want to know what my reserve was? Well, hang on. Before you do, let's do Chris's because okay. we need to get two advanced stuff between Bosch next week. So, Chris, what's your choice for Mist? Uh, oh. I've forgotten it. I'm just going <laughs> to... Uh, uh, oh, uh, Children of Men. Children oh. Of Men. I've also never seen Children of Men. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's oh. a Daniel Craig one, isn't it? About yeah. spoilers. I know what it's about, but I won't say spoilers. Yeah. Um, uh, well, no, it's uh, yeah, that's a good one. His face is in that. It's Daniel um, Craig, isn't it? Yeah, it's no, Daniel. Oh, Clive Owen. No, it's Clive Owen. Oh, yeah, it's, it's God, the same yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Clive Owen's a lot cheesier than Daniel Craig. Yeah, it's true. Just uh, about. Uh, what was your second choice, Alex? Then what was your... uh, My second choice was Looper, which I also haven't oh, seen. That's shite. That is. I'm glad you didn't do that. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> good. That's a premature. Premature uh, rating, yeah. Yeah, rating. Okay. We're never doing rating, looper, we do then. premature ratings. 
that's a bad film. That's okay. cool. So, uh, what was that? We've got Mad Max Fury Road and then Children of Men. This is yeah. working out pretty well because I've never seen dot 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 yeah. uh, thing. Brilliant. Um, right. Well, that's almost it. Uh, we've got no correspondence this week. Um, but I will say that you can go to sciencefictionratesystem.com to see the list in all its glory and contact mm. us yeah. on the form there. Listen to past episodes. A lot of specific interest in... Oh, what was it? The, there's one film that loads of people watch. Oh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh. L- loads of interest in that all of a sudden. Not sure why. Wow. Um, I don't think I've got links link or something like that. Whatever, go and watch them all. Listen to them all. Brilliant. Uh, follow us on Sci-Fi Rating on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all over the shop. Um, and yeah, get in touch with films you want us to watch. Oh, do the shout-out. You said you do a shout-out to um, The Castle. Isn't it The Castle? Who? Oh, The Cinema. Oh, yeah, the cinema. Yeah. cinema, yeah. Yes, who is it? Alex Castle? I think it's The Castle. The I Castle Cinema in Homerton. Yeah, it? who... Uh, friend of the pod, who... Yeah. Um, showed... Well, we recommended everyone watch Aliens on our... Kindly cited as... as... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a direct quote. This no. is one of our top three films on our list. It could have come to yeah. a real quote. I can see much more pithy than that, but... Um... <laughs> So next time, get in touch. But yes, no, uh, yeah, Castle Films. Uh, another, you know, a, a business. If anyone comes to me for a quote, the quote <laughs> will end up on the side of the bus would be, "What was the question?" Yeah, or something like, yeah. like it'll well, be like, like uh, yeah. science fiction. What? Uh... <laughs> I'm on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that barney again. Uh, less words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what you texted it, wasn't it? Can you can you yeah. tell me again? Less words. I was like, wow, yeah, that's yeah. that's film speak right there. That's that's his, uh, <laughs> that's Hollywood. That's that some Hollywood, Hollywood speak. Yeah, yeah. You could have done what I mean though. If you if you come into a group chat late and you've got. It's like two lines of text. There wasn't much there. Two lines to read. <laughs> I mean, there was literally about five messages. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, that's all. Join us next week for uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I'm sure it'll be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, mm. um, I, oh, I'm not doing the goodbye. I'll just say goodbye. <laughs> this is a crystal okay. to goodbye. Say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I like Bye. it. It's more freeform. Yeah. It's postmodern. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>